Welcome to the Clovercrest Baptist Church podcast. For more information about Clovercrest Baptist Church, go to clovercrest.com.au. Hello, great to be together today. I want to start by asking a question. Kids in the room, middle-aged, adults, older people, we can all answer the questions. Um, I wonder what assumptions we hold. I wonder if you can think of maybe assumptions around people and things that you hold. Maybe an assumption like people with glasses. Kids, what are people with glasses? They're very... I'm not getting any smart. Anne knows the answer. Thanks, Anne. Anne, you should wear glasses because you're very smart. I like that. People with glasses, sometimes we assume they're very smart. I like that assumption. Truth is, it's not at all real, is it? Because many of you that don't have glasses are equally very intelligent people. Or maybe the assumption... Grey hair means you're very wise. Now, again, some of you might like that assumption. Uh, Maybe it's not always correct. I wonder for those online today, why don't you jump in the chat right now and you can put the assumptions that maybe you hold or people you know hold. But one of the assumptions that I believe some people hold is that if you are skinny, you eat healthy. Yeah? That could be an assumption. Now, For those that know our youth and young adult pastor, Dubsy, right, he is incredibly skinny. He has legs to die for, people. But his diet is actually dreadful. Now, his wife, Laura, tries very hard to get him to eat healthy. However, Dubsy frequents McDonald's like nothing else. The amount of Big Macs that he puts in is about the amount of apples and fruit and vegetables I put in. I'm telling you, he does not at all, even remotely, eat healthy. So that assumption that if you're skinny means you eat healthy, yeah, I'm afraid it's not actually true. But I wonder, just like we hold assumptions about people and life, I wonder what are the assumptions that we might hold around God and the Bible? I wonder if there's things that maybe over time culture has said, oh, God said that, or the Bible said that, when if we actually dig a bit deeper, the truth is that's not the case. And the next four weeks, we're going to look at a series using some of the material from Craig Rochelle and Life Church around the idea of what are the things that God never said? What are the things that he just didn't say? And some of those things are that actually he wants us to always be happy. He never said that. Things like it actually doesn't matter what you do as long as you don't hurt anyone. He never said that. Things like it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. Or things like he will never give you more than you can handle. As we dig a bit deeper, we're going to find that these are assumptions that actually aren't all that true. And today, what we're starting off with is this idea that God wants you to be happy, that above everything in life, God's main concern is that we are happy. I would love to stand here and say, that is true. God wants you happy and you happy and you happy and you happy. He wants us all happy. And everything we do should feel good and make us happy. I would love that to be the message that I give this morning. But it's not true. God never said that his number one desire in life is for us to be happy. In fact, it's actually a big cultural mistake that some people believe God wants us to be happy. And if we start to believe that, we end up going down the path of the theology of happiness, where we believe that 
God above all else wants me to be happy. And so therefore, if it's making me happy and it feels good, it must be from God. And if it makes me unhappy and it's difficult, well, that can't be God's will for me. I've got to find something that makes me happy and feel good. And if we keep following that path then we actually find we avoid anything that's difficult or hard or has delay or might require effort because we believe we should only be happy. And as a result, we start to worship other gods like possessions and comfort because we're following an idea where we believe God wants us happy. And the problem with that is when we believe God wants us happy, we start to believe God is here to serve us. When actual fact, we exist to serve God. He does not exist to serve us. When we think he is all about our happiness, we actually reduce the creator of the universe down to like a cosmic Coke machine. You know, you put your money in, you press the button, you get what you want. This idea that when we say God is all about keeping us happy, we reduce him down to this contractual agreement. I'll do this, you do that for me, God. Sadly, we often reduce God down to some kind of formula. We find ourselves maybe thinking, well, I prayed, you know, I came to church, I read the Bible, I even gave, I gave money to God's kingdom, so therefore... I should get the guy I want. I should get the job I want. I should get the car I want. I should have the the life I want because I did this. God should give me this. And the tragedy of this idea and this concept when we follow the theology of happiness and think God exists to keep us happy is that people end up walking away from faith and God because they feel like God failed. See, if we actually say that God is all about keeping us happy, then people end up saying, well, I I prayed and yet I'm still sick or I'm still struggling with that broken relationship or I'm struggling with that financial issue. God, I did this, but you didn't do that. And if we believe that God's sole interest in us is to make us happy, we're going to end up assuming he failed when we're not happy. But God never failed. We started with the wrong assumption. We start with the wrong assumption if we believe that he is all about our happiness. He doesn't fail us. He never said his primary goal for us was to keep us happy. That was never his promise. That's never written in his word. There is so much more, but he doesn't say, I just want you to be happy. He does, however, delight in our happiness. He does delight when we are happy and we are joyful and we enjoy the good things that he has given us in this world. He loves to see us as his children happy. Kids, I wonder if you notice mum and dad might love it when you're happy, when you're playing well together, when things are going well. As parents, we love to see our young people happy. Our son Ben, when he's playing basketball, I love it. I love going to watch him play and As he's on the court, if he's doing well and he's scoring and he's playing really well with his team and getting great rebounds. As a mum, I find myself really loving watching my son go well. I delight in his joy. However, if my son was playing basketball 
And he was doing really well. But then after he scored two points, he then shoved the opposition. Or he was like ignoring the umpire, like, stuff you, I've got this. Suddenly, my first priority isn't Ben's happiness anymore, is it? <laughs> Suddenly, there's other parenting things I might like to teach him in that moment. The interesting thing is, so often we can find ourselves living life a bit like a basketball game, where we assume it's all about our happiness. And even if we shove people along the way and have an attitude of stuff you, we still think we're entitled to happiness and joy and everything going our way. But when we treat people around us poorly, I wonder what God's priority for us is as our Father. I wonder what shifts in him. It's not purely our happiness that he wants to see. See, God does not want us to pursue happiness. God wants us to pursue him. So simple, but so profound. He doesn't want us to pursue happiness. He wants us to pursue him because he is good. He is God. He is the creator of the universe. He designed each and every one of us. So he longs for us to pursue him and a relationship with him. And not to pursue him for the byproduct of happiness, but to pursue him because he's God. Because of who he is, that's the reason to pursue him. It's interesting, there's, there's two specific reasons that God makes it clear he doesn't want us just to be happy. If it's unwise or if it's worldly. Let me unpack that a bit more. God does not want us to be happy when it causes us to do something unwise. Yeah, When it causes us to make a, a really silly choice. I wonder if you can think of something that you've done maybe recently that while it gave you lots of happiness, was actually really unwise. Maybe last weekend you ate too many Easter eggs and it gave you lots of happiness, but you notice later on it's just not that wise that you did it. I actually had cake for dinner last night, confession time, and while that gave me a lot of happiness in the moment, look, it just doesn't feel that wise right now that I had cake for dinner. Maybe you found yourself binging Netflix shows till early hours of the morning, and while it might give you happiness in the moment, getting up for work or school or parenting the next day, yeah, not so wise. <laughs> There's times when we make a choice that makes us happy, but maybe it's the unwise thing. And God makes it clear in his word that he is calling us to holiness, not just to happiness. He's calling us to make holy, wise choices, not just the happy, the moment, the foolish choice. There's a verse in 1 Peter, and unfortunately, I think a lot of us accidentally mistranslate it in how we live our life. Some of us might read it more like this, but just as he who called you is happy, so be happy in all you do. I wonder if we live our life a bit like that mistranslation of that verse. That, you know, I should be happy in all I do. My life should feel good if God's really with me and there. It should just feel good. The correct translation of that verse in 1 Peter 1 is, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Now, while we might know, yeah, that verse is wrong when she said the happy thing, I wonder whether we're guilty of living life like that. This assumption that I'm entitled 
to feel good. I'm entitled to have a good life. I've worked hard. I deserve this happiness. But our God actually makes it really clear that he calls us to holiness over happiness. See, when we flip it and we choose happiness over holiness, that's when we start to make foolish choices. We make bad decisions. If we choose our happiness over holiness, we end up maybe watching that movie or going online to that space we know is not helpful. It's not good what we're putting into our hearts and our minds and our eyes. But when we choose our happiness over holiness, we might find ourselves in that place. Or maybe we find ourselves in a place going too far in a relationship that before marriage or not the person we're married to because we're choosing happiness over holiness. Maybe we find ourselves lying to justify and to get out of stuff because we choose happiness. When we choose happiness over holiness, we don't have the grit to keep going and when it gets tough and it gets hard, we give up. We might find ourselves walking away from a job where, yes, it's hard, but actually we need to learn and grow and have some resilience and stick at it. But when we choose happiness, the easier option is just to exit when it gets hard. Not just in workplace scenarios, but in relationships. When we choose happiness over holiness, there's a risk that we walk out of relationships that matter. But when they get hard, we say, I'm out. That's too much for me. When we choose happiness over holiness, there's a risk that we walk away from our marriage vows, from the covenant we make that we say, it's just too hard, I want to be happy, I'm out. Now I realise that there are lots of reasons for brokenness and there are things in marriage that are out of your control and things that happen, I I want you to hear that, I know there's bigger pictures out there. But when we choose selfish happiness over holiness, we're never going to make a good decision. We are never going to make a good decision. And God makes it clear our life that he calls us to is a one that is holy. I actually believe that's a real challenge for all of us. And as I was sitting in this message, just got this real sense that there's some that maybe online or in the room, you're in a circumstance, a situation at the moment where you're tempted to choose happiness over holiness. I want to say don't. Don't. Stop. Listen to God. Respond to the creator of the universe who designed you and knows you and has the best plan and actually choose his way, holiness. At all costs, choose holiness. It's a challenge for all of us, but our God, he's got a higher standard for those of us that put a hand up and say we want to follow him. We've just finished sitting in that book of Titus around what does it look like to hold on to true north and he makes it really clear that he's got more for us because he loves us because he has the best plan. And that includes choosing holiness over happiness. The second time when God doesn't just want us happy is when it's based on the things of this world. When we base our happiness on the things of this world. Now, I don't know about you kids, I wanna ask you, who in your house does the grocery shopping? Hands up if it's mum that does the grocery shopping. Yeah, hands up if it's dad that does the grocery shopping. One dad. Good job, dad. Well done. Do you know what? I think dads get a bit of a bad rap, don't they, for grocery shopping? They get the, oh, they can't give him the grocery list because he'll get everything not on the list and nothing on the list. Dads get a bit of a bad rap, don't they? Well, yeah, you agree with me, yes. Do you know what? In our house, I've actually got to say, Mike 
is the responsible grocery shopper. He is actually the best one to do the grocery shopping because I am the naughty one. I am the one that if I walk down the aisle with the trolley and there's a new chip flavour, come on, put it in the pack. I've never tried that before. New biscuit, mm -mm, yeah, bring that home. New chocolate flavour, well, it would be wrong to walk away and not try that. I am the completely irresponsible grocery shopper, so for the sake of our budget and our health, Mike does the groceries. It's excellent. I, only a few weeks ago, I was a sucker that I went into the store and there was five flavours of Oreos, guys. There is, I was like mind blown, five flavours of Oreos. So clearly it would have been wrong not to buy them all. So I bought them all and we tried them all as a family. To be honest, I didn't even like them. But I was like, that will be fun. I am a sucker for advertising. Like, I'm an advertisement dream. They love me. I get sucked in. And the reality is, while you might not all be a grocery shopper like me, the reality is society and culture will tell us that we need more, that more, that bigger, that faster, that stuff. It's great and it will fill us and make us happy if we have all the, the bigger, the brighter, the shinier, the faster stuff. You know, if we have that experience with the adrenaline that's amazing, or maybe we have the most relaxing, serene, beautiful, peaceful holiday on a beach. Culture will tell us that stuff is going to make us feel good, that five Oreo packets will make you feel good. That is what the culture will tell us, that the stuff equals happiness. But the problem is, is that all these things are based on happenings. Happiness is based on happenings, and happenings change. They come and they go, they move, they're not consistent. And this is why no one is really happy all of the time when it's based on the things of the world, because it comes and goes. When happiness is based on happenings, we can't be consistent. And that's why God does not want us happy when it's based on the things of the world. John says in 1 John 2, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. It's quite challenging scripture to really sit in that, when it says, if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. That's actually really confronting. If we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. Now, hear me well. As I said earlier, our God, as our Father, he gives us good gifts. He wants us to enjoy the world he has gifted us. But when we love and pursue and we chase after the things of the world, rather than the things of him, then his love is not in us. That's a challenge to be aware of that when we love the things of the world, God's love is not in us. He does not want us to be happy when it causes us to do something unwise or when it's based on the things of the world. Because you know, God's highest calling for us is not our happiness. He actually doesn't want us happy as much as he wants us blessed. God longs to bless his children. He has something so much more than happiness for us, and that is his blessing. Because while I said that, that happiness is based on happenings, God blessing us is based on him and his presence and his character. 
And that does not change. The Greek word that's translated for the word blessed, makarios, actually means supremely blessed or more than happy. So our God actually wants us more than happy. He's got so much more for us. But the problem comes in how we understand the word blessed. Often we think of blessed meaning healthy and wealthy and and all of that. That's not what blessed is. When God says he wants us blessed, it doesn't mean that life's going to be pain-free. In fact, when we are blessed, there's still going to be times when our kids argue, when the car breaks down, when we get sick, when things happen. That is the reality of the brokenness of the world we live in. When we're blessed, it means we'll experience the goodness of God in the middle of some of the difficulties of life. Blessed means we experience God's goodness right in the middle of the tricky stuff. See, Jesus said life is going to be hard. We read in John 16, it says, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus says we're going to have trouble. We're not going to live a pain-free life. We talked about this on Good Friday, that there is going to be pain in life. But the blessed life is having the presence of God with us in the midst of the pain. The blessed life is having his peace no matter what we're going through. The blessed life is him growing our character and teaching us to develop perseverance and learn and become all that he has for us in the middle of the storm. The blessed life is knowing that his joy is enough and we can hold on to him when things are hard and tough. That's the blessed life because his character and who he is, it doesn't change. He is there. He is our strength when we are weak. That is the blessed life. We read in Psalm 37, David said, Delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We're told to delight in the Lord. And this word delight is actually a Hebrew word, anog. And Hebrew words are really interesting. They actually convey a bit of a story. And so while it means delight, it also means it conveys this idea that we're to be soft and pliable. So when we delight in the Lord when we enjoy the Lord, when we sit with him and we love him and we pursue him and we seek first him and his kingdom, when we delight and enjoy him, we become soft and pliable. We actually, as we spend time with him, allow him to mold us and shape us and make us more like him. That's what it means to delight in him, allow him to recreate us. And so when we do that, It says he will give us the desires of our heart. But it's not that he then gives us the list of all the things we want and he ticks them off. As we delight in him, as we are soft and pliable and made more like him, he gives us desires. He actually changes our desires. He gives us new desires to have because we delight in him and then we start to desire the things that he desires for us. He actually changes our desires. It's this beautiful path, this beautiful circle that we find ourselves in as we love and enjoy him, pursuing him. He recreates and changes us and we love the things he loves. And so we find ourselves praying in his will. We want to pray for his kingdom to come. And so our prayers are answered because we're praying his desires. 
We start to hand over to him our, our gifts, our skills, and we worship him in how we live our life. And our desires are growing in the way he calls us to. As we delight in him, he gives us new desires. And we start to feel the blessed life growing in us in all that he has planned. I want to finish today with a little story Max Licardo uses to talk about happiness. And kids, I wonder if you can have a look at what I've got here. Max Licardo talks about a fish to explain happiness. Now, if I, let's imagine this fish is actually swimming and alive and happy, and I take him out of the water and put him on the sand, is my fish happy? I need a yes or a no. You can all help me here. Is the fish happy? No. Why is he not happy anymore? Why is he not happy? They need water 100%. So if I took my fish out of the water, put him on the sand, he's not happy. But what about, what about if I give him a girlfriend? Hey, look at that. They're in love. What about if I give him a girlfriend? They're still on the sand, but he's now got a girlfriend and he's really happy and he's not alone. Well, actually, he's not happy. Is he happy? He's on the sand. Is he happy? No, even with a girlfriend, you'd think he might be happy, but he's not happy because he's on the sand. What about if I make them really comfortable? I've got these cute little deck chairs here for my fish. Okay, what about if I make them comfortable, right? So my fish, they're comfortable. They're still on the sand, but they've got all the comforts they could ever need. Him and his girlfriend, they're comfortable with deck chairs on the sand. Is he happy? No. Okay. What about if I give him a nice can of Coke Zero and some Hague's chocolate? Not just any old chocolate, but some Hague's. So now he's got a comfortable chair, he's got his nice drink, he's got his chocolate. Is my fish, is he happy? No. He's still not happy. Okay. What about... All right, what about if I give him all the cash he could ever want? He can buy anything, everything, any day, an endless supply of cash. Is he happy? No, No, he's still not happy, is he? Why? He's out of the water, exactly. It doesn't matter. We could give him anything and everything the world has to offer, but he's never going to be happy because he's made for the water. He needs the water to breathe. Exactly. And so, do you know what, Emma? He's going to die if he's not in the water. And that is so true because, do you know, for us, it's exactly the same. That we could have access, unlimited money, comforts, relationships, access to anything and everything the world could offer, but we're never going to be truly happy because we're not made for this world. We're actually made for heaven. We are not made for this world, and so we're never going to be truly happy here. We are designed for heaven. This season we have in this earth is but a blip. It is such a small part. And so we need to remember we are never going to be truly happy here. That next job, that relationship, that comfort, that holiday, it's never going to fill the gap because we are not made for this earth. We are made for heaven. We are made to pursue the living God. And so why we pursue the things here on this earth, it's never going to fill everything. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. As we delight in the Lord, that's when we know the blessed life. So, you know, in reality, we we probably need to lower our expectations of earth. (laughs) 
we probably actually need to reset and lower our expectations here because this is not meant to satisfy. This is not meant to be the all. There is more. So the challenge and the encouragement is that this is not enough. It's not enough, but we have an opportunity to pursue the living King, to know Him and live a blessed life. Happiness is based on happenings. It's going to come and go. But the blessed life is when we pursue Jesus.